0: Welcome back to the Air It Out podcast. I am your host, per usual, Lucas Hsu. Today we couldn't get a guest on, surprisingly. I talked to quite a few people, couldn't get anybody on, but it's okay because we were going to talk about the group of Packers being that Packers play Thursday night, which is tonight, I'm recording this like around one o'clock, but uh, Packers are playing Thursday night in San Francisco and what is one of the craziest, weirdest games that we've had this year being that. The San Francisco 49ers, the Packers were first hit by uh, COVID. They lost A.J. Dillon. They lost uh, Kamal Martin. But the 49ers got hit by it insanely hard. They get hit by it way worse than the Packers did. They lost Brandon Ayuk, Debo Samuel, uh, Trent Williams is gone. Uh, Jimmy G got hurt last week. Uh, Cato got hurt last week. All of them are hurt. But we're just going to talk about Packers a little bit before we dive into our picks just because... They were the team we were going to talk about uh, before we did our picks or after whichever way. But heading into the year, I'm a Packers fan, so I follow a lot of stuff they do. More, more depth than most teams, but I still follow out about teams, but Packers are my main team, so I follow them really in depth. Heading into the year, I was worried about the Packers. I wrote an article about it on fan cited how I thought this was the wrong move for the Packers and Packers are going to go in the opposite direction for a couple of reasons. One being their draft and free agency. Free agency, I didn't expect them to do much. They grabbed Darius Smith two years ago. They grabbed Preston Smith two years ago. They grabbed Adrian Amos. So they grabbed Billy Turner. They grabbed a bunch of guys and they paid them big bunch of money. So I wasn't expecting anything major. Plus, the Packers have a lot of guys coming from free agency this year. David Bakhtiari, Aaron Jones, Kevin King, Corey Lindsley. A bunch of guys who they're probably going to want going to, to re sign. So I wasn't shocked about free agency. I knew we weren't getting anything big. We signed Rick Wagner and Christian Kirksey as our main two signings. And I thought that was fine. I wasn't upset about it whatsoever. I think those were two fine signings. And it was as what I expected, essentially. Nothing big, just two kind of depth signings, two kind of just fill in a role signings and Kirksey and Wagner. I think Wagner is playing now, being that Bakhtiari is hurt. But <coughs> they were fine signings. The draft is where I was worried though the first round I we Packers actually had a late like late, late first round pick being that they made the NFC conference championship game but they ultimately lost but where they went through the pick was surprising. I was really expecting a wide receiver there there's a plenty of them available in one of the best wide receiver drafts in the NFL scene in a long time and it's being proven right now. I mean, got such great players. they CD Lamb's killing it. Or Justin Jefferson's killing it. Fulgham out in Philly uh, is killing it. A bunch of guys are playing really great football as rookies. Ironically, Packers had Fulgham, but still, playing for years, Bill the Packers to take, and he went Jordan Love. I don't ever knows that. That was one of the craziest picks of the whole draft. Packers went Jordan Love was something that nobody saw coming whatsoever, and everybody was shocked by. Including myself. I was sitting there in my basement watching the draft though, and as the pick was coming up, back in the back of my head, I'm like, they're gonna go Jordan Love, aren't they? None of their top receivers, none of the elite receivers are on the board for them. There's plenty of good receivers available, but none of the elite receivers that everybody thought were elite receivers were on the board. Nobody there was available they'd like so I'm like, where are they gonna go with? In the back of my head, it started creeping my mind, like, as we got two picks away, I'm like, oh my goodness, they're gonna go Jordan Love. I know they are, because there was rumors about it earlier. I'm like, yeah, here it comes. And hit him like, I didn't like it at all. It made no sense. Even if you like Jordan Love, you're going to have to get rid of Rodgers next year. If you want to play him, you're going to have to move on from Rodgers. I don't want them to move on from Rodgers. I think he's playing incredible right now. I don't want them to. I think Rodgers is great. But at this point, you're, you're wasting his rookie salary years. And you're wasting his years of learning knowledge on him so you can decide if you want to keep him for that, uh, Fifth year or not. Because if you don't, you're going to miss his first two years, and then you're going to have two extra years to decide if you want to keep him for a fifth year option, which isn't a lot of room to work with. Then they went and drafted A.J. Dillon, Josiah Deguera, a bunch of offensive linemen, Kamal Martin, and uh, and Eddie Drusher. None of them have really panned out or done anything as of yet, Granted, they're rookies. Colin Martin's looked decent at times. He's had his flashing moments. But besides that, it's been ugly. Granted, they're rookies. Still. What I'm more worried about is where they were going in their team building aspect. I liked the... I wasn't completely upset about the late offensive line picks. I get it. I don't know if we needed three of them or how many of drafted. But fine. What I didn't like at all was the QB fullback slash H-back slash tight end in Deguera then and then AJ Dillon as a running back if you're going to draft a running back which you shouldn't do that early on you better draft a really good one which they did not AJ Dillon is not a good running back I don't think he has a nice he's a, a solid running back If when his future comes down to it and when he, where it's all said and done for him I think he could be a solid running back He's a very north-south running back. He's not that shifty. He's got a big frame on him, so he's going to be hard to tackle. But he doesn't do a lot in the passing game. He is not going to run routes for you at a good level. Not even a solid level, I don't think. I think he's poor on the running game, the route running aspects. He's not very quick when he gets the ball in the flat. He's not going to be making guys miss immediately. He's not going to be uh, shifty on uh, Raymond right Cush's ball. He's not going to. He's going to need to build up speed. He's going to need to get vertical quickly or he's going to be in trouble. He's not very good laterally. He's not shifty from side to side. He needs to go in downfield because that's where he's at his best. He's very very power back. He's going to need to get downhill and get downhill quick so he can use the power to his advantage. And at times, I'm sure it'll work. He'll have incredible plays like when it's like December on Lambeau Field and he stirs somebody to the ground and... Knock somebody else on, the, on their back. He's going to have those plays because he's a freak of nature. He's a brick shit house, for lack of better words. But he's limited, and a running back just doesn't make sense. So if, if you're going to draft one, draft a really good one at the very least. they didn't. daguara I said I was talking about it before our podcast when the draft first happened, and I was thinking about it, and I can't remember who said it. it have been Ian Kenyon, who's a great Packers writer and great Packers fan. One of them package writers did though, but they called uh, DeGuara at his peak a Kyle Now Kyle Yuzcheck is uh, a great player, I think. He's a fullback guy, so the San Francisco and uh, the way that Shanahan uses him is great. He's very, very, very good. Yeah, they use him like out on the backfield. They run routes with him in the backfield. They use him like, as a kind of tight end at times. He's been a running back at times, and he's a good player. Probably one of the best fullbacks in the NFL. He's not the best fullback in the NFL right now. But I think that's where DeGuara's peak might be, and I don't know if that's valuable enough. And if there's a third round pick, especially what was up around him, plenty of receivers available, plenty of D backs available, plenty of decent offensive linemen available, you could have Yet they went with DeGuara. It seems like they're just doing that because. They see what the 49ers have. They see, oh, they got a really good guy in Juszczyk. Let's get our guy. And I'm thinking, N- you don't need that. Juszczyk's a very rare player, very odd player, and they, 49ers just use him in incredible ways. But he's not worth a third-round pick. That's not who he is. I wouldn't trade a third-round pick for Kyle Juszczyk. And I wouldn't draft a guy who might be Kyle Juszczyk, who's not even guaranteed to be Kyle Juszczyk in the third-round either. If you want to get uh, Deguara late in the draft because you like him, fine, I get it. But you don't need to take a guy like uh, Deguara in the third round. There's no point into it. There's no reason you should do it. Get somebody who impacts the game in a valuable way, like a receiver, a D-back, or an offensive tackle. You're doing QB, so no I can go that way. So get an offensive tackle, a D-back, or a receiver. Somebody who can impact the game in a valuable way, unlike Deguara. Yet, with their two picks after Jordan Love, they win A.G. Dillon, who we just talked about, and Dursai D- 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 So, being how they built that team, I was worried about this season as well. Because it showed to me at first that we are going to get a lot of, I thought we are going to get a lot of running the ball. And I based this off of the draft. And in my article, I based it off of who Lafleur learned his stuff from. He worked with Kyle Shanahan. He worked with his dad. He worked with Kyle Shanahan's dad when he was in Washington, and he worked with uh, Sean McVay, who's now in LA. And when Mike Shanahan was the head coach in uh, Washington, obviously, everybody knew the system from back when at the Denver Broncos, that zone running scheme with uh, Alex Gibbs and all of that. Everybody knew that, and that's what he preached, and that's what he did, and he. It, Worked great for him. So I thought, well, we're gonna get a lot of running the ball. We're gonna get a lot of affording a mix of 49 uh, ers esque kind of stuff and outside zone kind of stuff, zone zone running scheme kind of stuff. And I thought the force was gonna struggle with that. And the like with that. I think the Packers were gonna struggle with that at first. I didn't like the scheme. I didn't like what they were gonna do with it. I thought they were gonna turn Aaron Rodgers into. Not Jimmy G, because he's way more talented than Jimmy G, but a Jimmy G-esque kind of style player where it's just like, read it, throw it. That's it. I thought they are going to make it extremely simple for Rodgers. I thought they are going to make it too simple for Rodgers and take away one of his greatest strengths, which is creativity and his ability to hit deep balls. And I was genuinely really worried about the Packers. But where we are right now, I am very happy with the Packers, and I am very happy I can say that I'm wrong about this Packers here so far. I thought they were going to struggle i thought they were going to not look the best they have looked best at times against most notably against the Vikings and Tampa Bay but they have looked really really good this offense i i was saying before in my article and just literally right now how i was worried about this Packers offense i did not like where they were going and the offensive term, seeing things, I didn't like how they're building their offense. I didn't like what they were doing at all. But I really like it. It's a nice mix of, especially the passing game. It's a nice mix of simple stuff for in Rogers, like a lot of mesh stuff, a lot of short stuff, a lot of just getting guys open, scheming them open, a lot of a uh, bunch formations, a lot of stacks, just making it hard on the defensive backs and making it easy on Rogers, giving him simple stuff. And I liked that. But then they also let Rodgers do his own thing kind of and they're giving him deep shots and Rodgers is doing his thing and he's throwing great passes even with coverage on him. He's throwing uh, just beautiful throws. So it's a great mix of Rodgers doing Rodgers and the floor kind of letting Rodgers do his own thing almost and letting him be Rodgers, being creative a little bit. That's for Rick Rodgers. It's great, I believe. And then it's a nice mix of Rodgers really buying into the system and taking the easy stuff when it's there. I think that's the most important thing. This whole thing is Rodgers buying into this system, and the floor having a, having a good system as well, and it mixes perfectly. Because you have the great you have a great scheming up of plays by the and you design a plays, and it's helping Rodgers out a lot. But then when the plays don't work, you have Rodgers who can make any pass on the field, and it's a great job by both Rodgers who is playing like. Old school MVP Rodgers, maybe not that level, but very close to that. And then you have Lafleur, who's designing great plays and getting Rodgers these easy opportunities over the middle of the field, underneath, and making his job easier. And I, I love where they're going with that. Granted, they struggled against Tampa Bay, where Todd Bowles blitzed the living daylights out of Rodgers. And usually teams don't do that because Rodgers is a great quarterback, and he's just gonna find where the open hole is in the defense because you're blitzing, you're missing a guy, so he's gonna find that open hole and just hit it didn't work for Rodgers and he was pressured very often and a lot of the plays, well, the fluid runs to run is like a lot of play action boot plays so you get Rodgers running out of the pocket moving around uh, and Tim Bay figured that out and they blitzed him with D-backs often so Rodgers rolling back in the pocket you get a D-back coming in and hitting him or you get an extra linebacker or somebody hitting him while well, they have the D- other side of the defense rotate over very incredible job by Todd Bowles. very smart job by him Vikings game uh, this past week, the Packers looked ugly. It was a really weird game where it was like 40 mile per hour winds. This offense wasn't moving along. They didn't, it was just a really weird game. I feel like bad. Q can't take away that at all. But I can give them more leeway in this game. The one thing that I was really confused about how the Packers didn't do better, even with the 40 mile, mile per hour wind, was the Vikings had no secondary. They lost so many guys to injury. Cam Dancer got hurt. A bunch of guys got hurt. They had guys who were missing before they even started the game. I'm like, wow, Rodgers are going to do great. And the 40-mile always came in and changed the game plan. Looking ahead to the rest of the season for the Packers, I mean, playing San Francisco tonight, which I get into and after note this, which is in a second. But after this, they got the Jaguars, who they should be able to win against. And there you go, either a 6 seventh win depending on if they beat the 49ers tonight. But then they got an interesting schedule against the Colts, who are a good team, I think. They're just not at that great level. And they got the Bears who have struggled, the Eagles who have struggled, the Lions who have struggled, Panthers who look decent at times, and Titans and Bears to finish it off. So looking past this game, the Packers could realistically lose two games the rest of the year. After this game, of course, to the Titans and maybe the Titans and Colts, probably. I'm really confident about the Packers team being able to be the 2C. The 1C is going to be maybe a bit rich, depending on how the Seahawks play. The Seahawks have a tough matchup this week, but I think the Packers could easily be in the number 2C in the playoffs and could realistically make it to the conference championship game. Super Bowl, I don't think so. I think it's either going to be a Buccaneers or a Seahawks in the Super Bowl, but I wouldn't rule it out completely. And now we got that all the way. I believe the Packers are a great team. Heading into this game, Packers versus 49ers. I talk about how hard 49ers can hit by the COVID issues and everything. So they're wheeling out a bunch of random players and a bunch of their backups to play. I got go to go with the Packers here in San Francisco to beat San Francisco. I mean, they have more healthy players by a lot. And that's just because of COVID. I mean, Niners, two injured players in Kittle and Garoppolo. So I'm going to to go with the Packers here. I know it's going to be a really, really weird game that probably shouldn't even be played right now because of how many issues Furness have had with COVID recently. Going into the Sunday slate, we got Bears versus the Titans. Uh, the Bears... I'm I'm not a Bears fan at all. Packers fan, honestly. We had a Bears fan on here before and uh, Brad Spielberger, who was a great guest and learned a lot from him. If you haven't listened to that, please go listen to that. He's an incredibly smart guy. The Bears offense is just sad at this point. You got Allen Robinson who is if he had a good QB he'd be an elite. He'd be a, a considered a top receiver by everybody. Obviously people still consider him a top receiver because everybody knows how great he is but everybody would consider him a top receiver if he had like Rodgers for example or a Mahomes or just a... Obviously everybody would be looking at him but even a good QB you'd give him a good QB, a Stafford, Herbie, Stafford would help him out, Cousins would help him out because somebody who can get him the ball at least at A good rate never had that in his career because he's had Blake Bortles and Nick Foles and Trubisky to play with so none of them have been good so he's always struggled with that but he is a very good receiver but he again has played with Nick Foles and Trubisky well with the Bears and Trubisky and Foles both have major flaws in the fact that Trubisky can't hit the broadside of a barn and neither can Foles (laughs) Foles can do it a little bit more than Trubisky maybe can. He's got a little bit more uh, volatility, so help helps him occasionally. But he's still bad. And Trubisky, on the other hand, is worse at throwing the ball in general and just makes some dumb throws and dumb decisions. But he's a little more authentic than Foles, but he's still pretty bad. Titans, on the other hand, they Titans should just dominate the Bears this week. They lost to the Bengals the other week in a weird, weird upset. You know, weird, weird week. Full of upset games, weird weather, and just a weird week overall, I think. I'm going to go the Titans over the Bears in this game, which would be an easy win for the Titans, With only thing that could be slowing them down is a good Bears defense. Lions versus the Vikings. Isaac took the Vikings. A lot of Packers game. Uh, Devin Cook crushed them. Scored four touchdowns, and the Vikings offensive line absolutely mauled the Packers defensive line. And it was a really weird game because it was so much wind and everything. So I don't completely blame the Packers for that. It was just a really weird game. The Vikings did good, though. Lions, I. They're such a weird team. Like, they have nice pieces on their roster. They have Kenny Galladay. They have Marvin Jones, who good at times. They are a decent offensive line, a decent defense. So, I don't know where, how I feel about them. They just lost Matt Stafford, which sucks for them. Very big loss. They put him on the reserve list, Dash COVID list. So, I think this game's going to be a close game, but I'm going to go with the Lions in this game, even with the loss of Stafford. Giants versus the Washington football team. I'm going to go with the Giants in this game, even though it's going to be a really weird game. Washington struggled all year long. Dwayne Haskins lost a starting job. Uh, Kyle Anasna started, I believe. It's just a mess out there in Washington right now. But so less of a mess in New York. Daniel Jones struggled kind of <laughs> against Tampa Bay this past week. He made some just dumb decisions, but then the next throw, he just sh- hit a strike over the middle of the field or just his some incredible throw that shouldn't be made. It's just one of those. He's just one of those players where he's so volatile; you have no idea what's going to happen. But I'm going to go with the Giants over Washington in this game. Panthers versus the Chiefs. I mean, as much as I like the Panthers and as good as they've done, surprisingly, as good as they've done this year, I got with go the Chiefs. The Chiefs are the far away, not, the, not the far away, the but they're the best team in the NFL right now. The best. They have Mahomes. They have this incredible offense. They have a good defense this year, actually. The defense is actually solid. They're not giving up a lot of big plays. And there's no reason why they shouldn't be the Panthers. They should just roll into Carolina, whoop them, and get out. Again, I think against Carolina. I think they have a decent team. They got DJ Moore. Robbie Anderson's looking really good. Teddy Bridgewater's looking solid. They got a good defense. I just think the Chiefs are just going to whoop them because they're the Chiefs. Texans versus the Jags. Um, this is going to be a interesting game obviously there's rumors of with Will Fuller almost getting traded to Green Bay this year the Texans won a second round pick for Will Fuller Packers didn't want to give that up so back and forth back and forth ultimately he kept on uh he ended up staying with Houston and they're going to play against the Jaguars who will be without Gardner Minshew as a starting QB and I can't remember who the Jags QB is it's they I think the undrafted rookie, uh, Jake Lutton. I said Jake Lutton. He's starting his first game, and I think he's going to struggle. I, I have no idea why they're putting him in there. mention is sure a better QB, so I'm probably just tanking at this point. So I'm going to go with the Texans over the Jags in this game. Ravens versus the Colts. Ravens took the loss last week against the Steelers in a game that, when I talked about it, I said the Ravens need doing this game. They need in this game to get back in the division race, or because if they don't, they're going to be on the outside looking in. And they ended up, uh, they ended up, excuse me, losing to the uh, Steelers, and what was just a really defensively heavy game. I felt like, and with the Ravens losing to the Steelers, they're now five and two. The Steelers are undefe- undefeated still, the only undefeated team in the NFL. And now the Ravens are two games out looking up at the Steelers heading into week uh, nine. And they needed that win last week bad. It was a rough game for them. Lamar doesn't look like Lamar last year. Two games out. They have one more game against the Steelers later on this year, but even with that, I'm going to go with the Ravens over the Colts. Colts are just getting that weird team where they're good, but not great. Colts will definitely make the playoffs could possibly win the afc south if the titans slip up but i'm gonna go the ravens over the colts in this game seahawks over the bills i'm writing about this in one of my articles at uh, fan-sided uh seattle is in a weird seattle and buffalo are in the position where they are both on top of their division uh buffalo being six and two above the dolphins and seattle being six and one about the 5-2 and two Cardinals. So the Buffalo's like a game and a half up on the Dolphins. And Seattle's like a game up on the Cardinals. If either of these teams lose this game. It's going to get interesting. Because Dolphins could win this week. And close that gap big time on Buffalo to a half game. And if Seattle loses this week. And Cardinals beat the Cardinals win this week. It could be the same thing for Seattle. Where the Seattle loses. Seattle so will be tied for first place with the Cardinals in the division. Again, this week late in the year, it matters so much more. I mean, Seattle obviously has Russell Wilson, and Russell Wilson being Russell Wilson, essentially, in his MVP year. Buffalo had Josh Allen, who struggled for the first like, quarter part of the year, like the first four weeks, oh, excuse me, he did great the first four weeks of the year, and he struggled the next couple weeks. I'm going to go with Seattle over Buffalo here, and what's going to be like, a really fun game, I believe. Broncos versus the Falcons, I'm going to go with... Denver in this game it's not really anything to be talking about here I mean Denver had to come back win against uh the Chargers last week Falcons are the Falcons they've blown every game it feels like so I'm going with the Broncos over the Falcons in this game Chargers versus the Raiders Raiders versus Chargers excuse me uh again not a great exciting game Chargers uh got uh lost their big lead at halftime last week against uh the Denver Broncos Blew their match of the lead, and I think they'd come back here and beat the Raiders in a bounce back game for LA. Steelers vs Cowboys. This game is going to be a murder. Whoever the Cowboys put out there behind that offensive line, they're going to get murdered. Steelers should absolutely trounce the Cowboys. They're probably going to force like three turnovers. It's going to be Cooper Rush, uh, Ben DiNucci, or man, I don't even know who and put out there, but whoever does, I feel bad for them because this offensive line struggles, their quarterback isn't good, whoever's going to be out there, and their guns are going to get ran over. The Steelers are just going to absolutely stop the Cowboys in this game. Dolphins versus the Cardinals. This is one of the more interesting games of the week, being that the Seahawks and Bills play each other. So the first-place teams in the NFC West and the first-place team in the AFC East play each other, while the second-place teams in the AFC East and second-place team in the NFC West play each other. I think I'm going to go the Cardinals in this game, being that I like their options a little more. I think they're a good team, but I want to make sure to the Dolphins beat them. The Dolphins showed a good game against the Rams last week. They put Jared Goff on his butt multiple times, put him under pressure multiple times, and a really nice performance. But I'm going to go with the Cardinals in this game. Yeah, go the Cardinals. I had to second guess myself there for a second, but Cardinals in this game over the Dolphins, which would be a close game, I believe. Saints versus the Buccaneers. Saints barely beat the Bears this past week against a good defense. So, I don't know what you want to say against that, say about that. But Buccaneers are rolling this year. They look really good. They lost their first game to the Saints this year. First game of the year in general, too. And I think they bounced back and beat the Saints this time. So, I'm going to say Buccaneers over the Saints in this game in Tampa Bay. Monday Night Football, last game of the week. We have the New England Patriots playing the New York Jets on Monday night. I really don't see any reason how the, or see any way how the Jets are going this game. Bill Belichick's a great coach. You give him an extra day to game plan. Um, they're playing against the Jets. Uh, it's the Jets. And I think the Patriots are going to steamroll the Jets here in an easy win for them. I'm going to go over the games again quick, guys. Packers over the 49ers. Titans over the Bears, Lions over the Vikings, Giants over Washington, the Chiefs over the Panthers, the Texans over the Jags, the Ravens over the Colts, the Seahawks over the Bills, the Broncos over the Falcons, Chargers over the Raiders, Steelers over the Cowboys, Cardinals over the Dolphins, Buccaneers over the Saints, and Patriots over the Jets. That's all for the podcast today, guys. Thank you for tuning in. Thank you for listening. Please rate, share, subscribe to the podcast, do whatever platform it is you listen to. Please share it. We'll be back next week, probably Wednesday. But that's all for listening to the podcast, guys. Follow the Twitter, account, my, my Twitter account, at LucasU2. Follow the podcast Twitter account, at AirItOutPod, at AirItOutPod on Twitter, both of those on Twitter. Thank you for listening to the podcast, guys. See you later.